Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email agelessarttattooandpiercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Hey, Metalheads, after going to a Rager, what's your ultimate go-to? Mine is totally pizza. So when Overload is playing or I'm promoting the Metal Forge Live showcases or the big goddamn metal show, I go to Pizza Donisi. Pizza Donisi is gourmet artisan pizza from right here in Louisville, Kentucky. It features things like the pizza of the month, the sandwiches, and also vegetarian and vegan options, which is so totally fucking cool for all, all of it's It's awesome pizza. You definitely want to go. Hey, and also, from time to time, they do cannolis. Oh, so fucking good. You know what they said, man. Leave the gun, take the cannoli. Yeah, just like that in Godfather. They're located right next to the Mag Bar at 1396 South 2nd Street. So either stop in or call in at 502-213-0488. They're open till midnight. The witching hour. Heineken? Fuck that shit! Pax Blue Ribbon! Hey, metalheads, you all hear me talk about Magbar all the time. It is the home to the Metal Forge Live showcases and is an integral stop in the Ultimate Underground Metal Tour schedule. They obviously feature live music, but the Magbar also has daily specials like Pint and Slice Night on Tuesdays with Pizza Donisi, but they also do Bring Your Own Vinyl on Thursdays with DJ Kent Jackson and Finer Things Sundays located right next to Pizza Donisi at 1398 South 2nd Street open 3pm to 4am 7 days a week get your asses out to the mag bar rock out For 45 years in keeping Louisville weird, Electric Ladyland has been there for all your eccentricities. While they do offer the best smoking supplies out on the market today, there's a whole lot more to check out. From ashtrays and blacklight posters, to records, incense and burners, and items to stock your metaphysical supply. They are open from 10 to 10, 7 days a week. Located at 2325 Bardstown Road in Louisville, Kentucky, and at electricladyland420.com. Roll out. 
the year was 1979, and all the world was caught up in disco and Star Wars. But in Louisville, something was happening. A young entrepreneur named Ben had a vision to be the best record store in all of the city. Fast forward to 2023, and Better Days Records is still going strong. Still, after all these years, owned by the same guy. We have had some trips and falls along the way, but so does life, and Better Days is here to stay. With two awesome locations at 921 Barrett Avenue and at 2600 West Broadway, Better Days are surely in your future. In a broken wasteland, I come to my fire. Blood and steel upon my fire. What's going on, Metalheads? Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of The Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson, and I am your host. How the fuck are you all doing this week? Ha. Man, like, I really don't know where to fucking begin. This week has been crazy fucking weird for me. Uh, it, the week Last weekend was great. I went up to... Um, Kettering, Dayton area again, hung out with my friend Amy again, and that was rad as shit. We went back to Catacomb. I saw some pretty cool shit in there that I did not pull the trigger on. And, uh, yeah, you're just gonna have to, if you're in that area, you're gonna have to go. It is a fucking badass store. And, like, there's so many cool fucking, like, vintage posters and just so much cool shit there. And, um, the toy store next door is still rad as fuck, too. Uh, toy comic card shop. Uh, yeah, you know, kind of a general nerdery thing. It's, it's really fucking cool, too. And I'm sorry I can't remember. Maverick, I think, is the name of it. Something like that. Check them out when you go there. And, uh, also, man, fucking, uh, Old Scratch Pizza. Shout out to them. They had really awesome pie there. And Brick Oven Pizza... Uh, vegetarian vegan options so it was really rad as fuck uh, awesome shit yeah so that was fun um, and then you know uh, at the beginning of the week it was just kind of like a fucking train wreck uh, one, of the, one of the days like you ever go into work and it's so so I've got a like a store right next door to the store I work in okay and you, we can just run over and grab something to drink, grab shit for lunch, whatever. It's a Dollar General, right? Because, you know, they're every fucking where. So anyway, fucking like, so I go early in the morning, get some like 
uh, some shit for coffee, and then I, I realized that I don't fucking have any cups there, so that pissed me off. I was like, God damn it, man. It's like, I don't want to fucking walk right back across to the fucking store. It's like, fuck. So then, but the stuff I did get, you know, and this is my, like, little grievance moment here, is, uh, so I got some fucking, uh, some lunch meat and fucking cheese and a loaf of bread, and I don't usually do that because it's like, you know, I don't, I don't live that far from where I work, so I can run home for lunch and shit. But... I was like, you know what? I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna start eating lunch at work for for a little bit and see how you know fucking just do the thing, right? Motherfucking if somebody didn't fucking get into the, get into like every bit of it, and it's like when I went back for lunch, there was less than half of a loaf of bread left. I'm like, motherfucker, what is this? And, but it's all good, you know. Yeah, it's the, the in the moment thing where it kind of pisses you off, but it's like you know what, it, dude. Kudos to you, you know, if you were hungry and you wanted it, you deserve it, man. Fucking right. So there is always a silver lining to that shit, right? That silver lining to fucking, you know, fucking jab the fucking werewolf and shit. No, fucking, the werewolves are the friends, man, right? It's the, uh, I don't know, all the mythical creatures are friends. But no, fucking this week... We have, and I've already like rambled for like four minutes before I've even told you who the fucking guest was. It's James DeMaria from Toxic. You know, super old school fucking band, came back in the mid-2000s and is completely fucking thrashing the fuck away still to this day, and that is so fucking rad. So we're going to talk to him about some, you know, uh, there was some incident where... Um, a dude had surgery on his hand and it's not healing like it should so they've had to cancel a tour and you know so we just talk about the climate of that and you know in the writing of Dismorza their new album and everything and what's coming up next and and how they're gonna do the thing right so fucking right yeah man and also this week Jason Gardner is back from the heavy metal wasteland. And this has been such a deep excursion. I am excited to hear what he has to say. Uh, so the cat is out of the bag now. Uh, here is Jason from the heavy metal wasteland. What's up, everybody? It's been a been a few weeks, I think. It's uh, been a minute, man. Yeah, yeah. You can say it's been more than a minute. It's been a little while, but uh, yeah, I'm back, and uh, I'm actually kind of like doing these live voice things better than the pre-recorded ones. So I think it's the format from now on when I when I show through a wasteland. Yeah, it's because he doesn't have to edit it. Well, that too. But uh, I was always good about editing my stuff for you. Yeah, you are pretty good about it. Yeah. But we got two things uh, for the Wasteland this week. First one is the uh, Steel and Stone announcement. I can finally talk about it on the Flamekeeper uh, airwaves. So it is uh, Steel and Stone 7. I'm going to uh, nickname it the Quickening because uh, it's all fast bands. Um, yeah. So it's uh, Twisted Tower Dyer coming out of hiding for at least this show. Uh, be the only show in North Carolina for the year. Possibly the U.S., but I know North Carolina for sure. 
Um, so they're coming out, and then uh, Children of the Reptile, who has been on the show before with Mark, uh, is coming over from Wilmington. And then we have uh, this one band, Overload, that just kind of jumped on. They're from uh, somewhere in, uh, you know, out west. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, yeah, I don't know, man. Those guys, you got to watch them. Yeah. They're crazy. They're shifty people. They'll probably, you got be careful. Don't let them rent any Airbnbs around you because yeah. they will probably trash them. And it's still your wives while they trash them too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're, those people are undesirable from what I've been, what I've been told. <laughs> well, anyway, besides them, and then we have three local bands, which is uh, my band, Temptations Wings, as always, because it's our festival. Uh, All Hell from uh, here in Nashville also, and uh, Oblivion Throne. Um, so All Hell is like a black and punk uh, horror band. Oblivion Throne is like an old school throwback, like more speed metal than thrash metal. So uh, if you're interested in coming down to Asheville to see this event, uh, the venue holds about 100 people. So it's super limited, super up close, and uh, backsta- backstage pass and meet and greet guaranteed because uh, nobody can escape. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so for patrons, uh, it's $10. Of everyone else, it'll be 12 on the pre-sale and 15-day show. And all pre-sales and patron uh, purchases come with a super limited edition uh compilation cd of all the bands uh playing that night so yeah it'd be a 12 song cd um and only be uh probably like uh, well there'd be less than 100 printed so uh, it really all depends on how many uh, pre-sale numbers we get and then uh kind of a guesstimation after that and there's also going to be some other cool things there too right aren't we going to do a limited edition poster print Oh, uh, I don't know yet. Um, I gotta see what the numbers are. I haven't even looked into it yet. Possibly though, but if you're interested in one, we can make it happen. Uh, yeah, sure. for sure. Because, dude, that's one of the things I've always loved is having poster prints of wherever I've played. Because that's gonna be my new going into phase phase three of the Metal Forge here is p- flyer in the room. Right. Yeah, I'll look into it uh, soon after I get done with this uh, segment. But the real reason I'm here today is uh, we have some uh, we have a lot of shit coming out in the fall over the next three months. So I want to make sure everyone's aware. The first one coming out is uh, August 18th is the uh, new Spirit of Drift album mm. on Century Media. If you're interested in pre-ordering that, uh, after that is the new Ex Mortis album on Nuclear Blast, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, in September, I believe, is the new 20 Watt Tombstone. Uh, who we've had uh, Tom Jordan on the show before. Uh, also, his pre-order, he has 35 lunchboxes for limited edition pre-sale. Comes with a CD inside. I'm not really sure if I'm going to get the lunchbox or the vinyl. I haven't decided yet, but I need to do it quick because those will probably sell out pretty fast. Yeah, they will. Yeah. Uh, the lunchbox is pretty fucking cool, man. I'd say uh, when bands like that size do cool shit like that, it makes me, uh, makes me wish that we were just a little bit bigger so we could do something like that. For sure. But, um, and then uh, Restless Spirit, another band I really like from uh, New York, uh, has one coming out in September on Magnetic Eye. And then Howling Giant from Nashville has one on Magnetic Eye also coming out in October. So I've pre-ordered the, Mag- the Howling Giant Swirl. I'm getting ready to pre-order the 20 Watt Tombstone as soon as I figure out which one I want to buy. But there's so much stuff coming out that people should just know that uh, 
you know, instead of buying that, uh, instead of buying those Taylor Swift tickets, uh, why don't you just take all that money and buy all these fucking vinyls instead? No They'll shit. A lot longer. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, you can you can clearly get more out of this than than that, which I still love the meme that I saw about her. Which is uh, that she writes music for people that give uh, teethy head. I saw something very disturbing today also um, before I got on here. So uh, apparently a Carrie Underwood covered Ace of Spades. I uh, don't doubt that. I will not listen to that because it's probably horrible. But uh, yeah, it's just like kind of like, it's just kind of like staying your lane, people. Uh, there's no need to uh, there's no need to ruin a song you know, when it's perfect the way it is. So, right. Yeah. Uh, many other bands have done that. Uh, I think that band uh, playing in uh, over, is it overrate, overrated? Is that their name? Yeah, over, that's their name. Uh, over, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, yeah. I know they do it. And then, uh, that's them. Another band we play with. Uh, that's that, also that's totally them. That's totally them. Yeah, I'm just messing with you, man. I know. <laughs> Dude, but yeah, there's a lot of cool, uh, a lot of cool stuff coming out. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, my bank account is not, but nonetheless, uh, I have two out of the five uh, about ready. Well, I have one for sure. One's going to be tonight, and then the other three, you know, I uh, have a little bit of time. But yeah, my bank account and my wife not going to be very happy. That's why I have to work so much, is to buy these vinyls. Right. You know, yeah, it's got to support my bad habits. I should do drugs. It's probably cheaper, to be honest. <laughs> but you know what? I think Confucius say vinyl record lasts longer than crack rock. So... I think Probably right. sure. I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he said that verbatim. Yeah, it sounds very familiar. <laughs> uh, fuck yeah, dude. I'm I'm looking forward to it. And you know that could be a cool Alehorn uh, exclusive episode one day, where we just do a uh, you know discuss albums that are coming out and what we're just looking forward to. Yeah, like I said, I mean, all these uh, purchases will end up on uh, on unsleeved sooner or later too. So, um, so yeah, I got some more unsleeved uh, uh, topics coming my way also, which is you know another another reason why. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, but yeah, I'm excited about all of them, man. I think they're all gonna be really good. Give it a pretty good fall. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Do you have anything anything else before we go, dude? No, I think that's it for this week. Like I said, I'm just trying to branch out a little bit and I'll talk about the same old things you know yeah so, uh, steelstonefest.com yes and also you can go to uh, um, VIP and get the pre-sale tickets also yeah or you can go on the event page or you can go to the auditorium's website whenever they uh, whenever they uh, amend the calendar one of these days which right. should be soon I, I did put that little birdie out that needs to be done so. definitely and to the box office I'm sure there is no box office. <laughs> well, you know, when you're at the at yeah. the venue, I'm sure you yeah. could say, "Hey, I want to." Yeah, it's this. a dude at a table outside. So. <laughs> nice. It's a great. That's box why we don't office. really worry about pre-orders too much because it's kind of like just walk up only. Uh, but you know, the pre-orders are nice because you know people will come from a little bit of ways away due to the uh, exclusivity of the uh, Twisted Tower Dire for sure. So, and it'll probably be overloads only time in North Carolina too. This year, at least, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, dude. We're going to go ahead and continue on with the Metal Forge here. Jason, thank you so much for coming back to the Metal Forge from the Heavy Metal Wasteland. It is so awesome to have you on the show, and I know you've been doing some interviews with me here recently and stuff. 
But, you know, that's what it's all about, is the Flame Keeper. It's about us who keep the metal flame alive. The one that burns in the metal forge, and the one that fucking lights the fires on the fucking battlefield, and where you're drinking from your fucking ale horn, right? Goddamn right. Goddamn right. And that goes out to, you know. If you know, you know. Goddamn right. So, anyway, Flamekeeper now has a one-stop shop to the Patreon page. And I know you all get so sick and tired of hearing me say this, but if you go to flamekeeper.vip, you can sign up for $1, $2, or $5. It's not a lot of money, and I know in this fucking economy, it might be. So, but, you know, your support is greatly fucking appreciated. You know, we, and I say we meaning Jason and I, Jason's been, this is the seventh year for Steel and Stone Fest that was just recently announced, and this is my first year of putting on a, a, um, kind of a fest-like thing. You know, it's basically two shows in two nights, but... You know, I don't usually do that. And and it's a lot of bands. It's the big goddamn metal show, right? So, uh, big goddamn metal show. Uh, If you do go to uh, the Patreon page, you do get uh, discounts on merch, on, on ticketing, and stuff like that as well. So, please and thank you. Kick ass, flamekeeper.vip, metalforgeradio.com. Make sure you listen to the Alehorn on the first Tuesday of each month, the Mudhorn with Jason Gardner and myself on the third Tuesday of each month. And then uh, Jason's Unsleeved is the second Saturday of the month, and the Metal Forge Unsleeved is the fourth Saturday of the month. And if you do sign up on Patreon, I know mine come out at least a week early. So you will get uh, a full seven days before everybody else, which is rad as shit. And uh, I know on mine, the upcoming one here, and I've got them on the desk still because I'm filming it, is uh, cassette tapes. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I have like 10 like prize possession cassette tapes in my collection that I still have. And there is actually one more honorable mention that made the list so that's that's cool shit and I love it and I don't collect a lot of tapes but you have to tune in to the Metal Forge YouTube page for that on the fourth Saturday of the month how about we go ahead and get this shit fucking rolling here with Toxic and on this I am going to play something way old from the band and just because just because it has my band name in it I still think it makes fucking sense today here it is from the album World Circus this is Social Overload
metalheads, I am being joined this week on the line by James from Toxic. Dude, what the fuck is going on? What is up, Mark, man? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Fucking uh, represent New York, man. Fucking. I haven't had a New York band on for a while. Always. Always followed New York. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Cro-Mags, Nuclear Salt, Anthrax. All that New York hardcore stuff, and you're going way back in the day with it, and and I'm like thinking like uh, Fatal Curse and uh, and uh, I was about to say Persecutor, uh, (laughs) Shadowland, uh, you know, from up there and like newer bands. I'm like, yeah, man, I haven't had one a a band like that. And you're like going like, oh, fucking Anthrax, Chromae, fuck, yeah. Yeah, I'm old, man. That was because those bands were new when I was coming up, you know? Right, for sure. I totally get that. Uh, so, dude, how is New York? New York is great, man. There's a great scene here. I mean, we're, you know, you can play New York, New Jersey. You can go to Connecticut. You can go to Boston. It's all within driving distance, Baltimore, stuff like that, you know? For sure. And, and, and it seems like that's like the the indie circuit up there. You do have the, the you have the crossover. It's like everybody hits like Philly, Richmond, uh, some some little shit in like New Jersey somewhere. Whether it's like Pasic or fucking you know something like that. Uh, and then they do the New York thing, and then like up to like Maryland and stuff like that. It seems like. Yeah, yeah. We were we were about to do something with. Uh, actually, we had it scheduled with Tyrant who I believe is from Michigan. Yeah, we Friends of the Forge. Michigan and do eight dates, man. And, you know, um, you know, unfortunately this year, uh, you know, things are just uh, hindered a bit by uh, Josh's recovery, man. He had some surgery in January, and, you know, it's just not recovering as quickly as he'd hoped, you know. For sure. And, and you know, that's, that's one of the things that, you know, you've – it's really messed up when when you have that deal when you have to have surgeries as you get older and and you know do you bounce back to tour as much as you could you know what i'm saying yeah well i mean for him you know i've been with him for eight years man so i understand how much this guy plays guitar so i would just want him to have the ability to play the guitar for sure regardless of toxic whatever you know, you know that's gonna that's gonna bounce back. It just has it just has to take time for him to heal. But you know, I want him to be able to play the guitar. So if pushing playing the guitar right now doesn't allow that, then you know we just got to sit back and wait and and, and uh, you know wait for him to recover. That's it. Definitely. So so for everybody who knows your history, you know, with Heathen, Generation Kill, Demolition Hammer. How did you all get together and do and 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 just say, hey, let's let's redo this? What do you mean about like Toxic in yeah. general? Well Toxic was already kind of going when uh it was already revived in about twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen. Right. You know, with uh it actually had um it was it was Josh um, I believe it was the bass player Brian Benini was still in it, Mike Sanders, and then it was uh, Jason Bittner actually on drums and Ralph Santola. So okay, so it was already uh, it was already picked back up, and then yeah, as, as things have joined, as things know, have they, come in, you've you've came in to play drums. 
since Bittner, Bittner left to go join Flotsam and Jetsam, and they needed somebody to go to South America in the summer at the end of the summer of uh, of fifteen. So you know, I got a message through a mutual friend, and uh, I ended up talking to Mike Sanders, who turned me on to Josh. And next thing you know, I said, "Okay, I had to learn like eighteen songs in a month, man. It was a lot." Damn. And, uh, you know, and you know, it's, it's not like we could sit around and play drums all day, man. We all work. We have jobs and stuff. So, you know, every week I would ch- take a chunk off. I'll, I'll learn four this week. I'll learn five this week. I'll learn five the following week. And then we just kept on progressing. And then we took, you know, I took the month of July of 15 to learn all the shit. And then August we practiced. And then at the end of the month, we went to South America for 10 shows. It was nuts. And, th- dude, that's, that's wild as shit. And it's like, you know, to be able to to have your your instrument ingrained to to do what you said you know like those cram sessions where it's like all right i'm i'm gonna plot this out i'm gonna learn these four i'm gonna learn these five I'm gonna, and you know and you do that i mean so obviously you know that that has worked for you and 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 i totally get that because it's like i think everybody take does their homework and takes it home and finds out okay this is how i do this being yeah, well and also you know now playing with them for years i've kind of like made some of the songs my own whereas i was trying to nail everything that they hit on the record to stay authentic and you know that that, that i use as a blueprint now and you know i make it my own and uh you know josh and i have, uh, have really great communications along, along with shane as well a bass player so you know we've kind of at the beginning, I was just out there playing a gig, and now you know. Then you settle down after a bunch of shows and a bunch of years, and you kind of find your place, I guess. You know, I'm not trying to be Tad. I'm not trying to copy Tad, and his all his shit is nuts. You know, Bittner, the stuff that Bittner did with Toxic is mind blowing. You know, but I can only be me. So, you know, Josh has an inherent ability to um, write and write his style for the players that are around him. So it's kind of a unique situation, you know. He knows how I want to play and what I would like to play in my tendencies, so he'll write around that, and, you know, it still remains toxic, which is really cool. See, and that's amazing because I think when you come into a band like that, it's something really special. It it it, it feels right, you know. I, I guess that's the best way I could put it. It's like when it, when it really comes down to, you know, that chemistry where it really connects and hits that's awesome i'm going to go ahead and switch to this just more to you know continuing because uh that was the latest album that you all released and josh worked really hard on that record ronnie worked really hard we all we all uh did our homework and and put in the time practicing and you know it's an interesting record josh recorded the majority of the guitars and there's a lot of layering with Toxic, man. So there's a lot of little nuances that need to be there, you know. Um, it's a little different than, like, down-picking uh, Bay Area Thrash, you know, which is awesome. You know, but Toxic's kind of like its own thing. It's a little frenetic. Um, and we did the drums at my house, man. Me and Josh basically set up. I had a friend of mine, an engineer friend of mine, come and set the mics up. And off we went for two weeks. It was fucking crushing, man. It was a... Uh, you know, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go, you know. And uh, then we got our friend Martin Furia, who uh, is right now currently one of the guitar players in Destruction, one of the best guys in the world. You know, we got him involved because Josh really uh, 
as a love and trust for Martin, and together they deliver that uh, record. So hell yeah, and that's one of the things I was going to ask because you said you did the drums at your house. So so yeah. obviously this was done as a is professional as possible yet while still i mean i'm assuming everybody has their own record uh recording station in their home that they could well well you know like we're signed to massacre right so it's not a really a big deal so you know say we have like a ten thousand dollar budget right you know out of that budget we bought some recording equipment and the mics and shit and you can do the, all the guitars. Josh has uh, whatever Cubase he's using or whatever it is. Right. And he basically engineers and tracks all the guitars at his house. The guitars are basically done, uh, you know. Going into it. The songs are delivered, man. They're layered. There's multiple guitar tracks, man. It's really, you know, pretty awesome when you, you know, I hear the shit from when it's an idea. And then to hear all that stuff, you know, even at Dismorta, the final mixes, man, you know the, the guitar work i didn't hear all that until he like layered it on man and it's just awesome definitely so in the in the scheme of things of working from uh beginning to you know to end on dismorta how long was the the recording process oh man that had to be the better part of two years dude we had wow. the, you know ronnie basically did the vocals for the demos uh for Dismorta, basically side one of Dismorta in like August of 20, you know, and, you know, just COVID and all this other shit, you know, COVID really put a damper on everybody's uh, stuff. You know, we had to do everything remote and you really couldn't do that with the recording. So it kind of put a little slag on. In the meantime, you know, Josh came up with Judas and he came up with uh, Devil in Your Mirror and we kind of finalized on Straight Razor, which is an older toxic song from the first demo, you know? Right. So, you know, about two years from start to finish, man. You know, it's, it's a, it was a big feat, man. I felt, uh, I felt proud of it for myself, but I felt happy for Josh. It was a 33-year journey, man, and uh, it was a proud moment in August. Hell yeah. See, and that's rad as shit because... That's what I think. That's what it should be like. Putting an album out, it should be a rad experience, and you know, being happy for one another and stuff, and being able to unleash this, you know, masterpiece yeah. to the world. Yeah. I think Ronnie, uh, Ron Iglesias, man. I mean, the, the motherfucker arrived on that album, and you know, live he can do the mic stuff. He can do the the. Uh, the Charlie stuff, and he's just a ball of energy. And on that record, man, like Ronnie did Creating the Abyss, that probably has like 11 vocal tracks. I think he did the whole thing in 90 minutes. He's just like, he's ridiculous, Ronnie. And he's like the nicest, quietest, most humble guy you, you could meet, you know. And on the on the record, man, he just crushes, you know. Hell yeah. I don't know what to say about like uh, vocalists like that because I'm like a, a one like not a one take but i'm like all right this line and then this line and, the, and you know it's like let's do first and thirds and second and fourths and and just going that way and, and for yeah. somebody to just go in and fucking be like plow right fucking through it it's always yeah, he, amazing he's ridiculous dude and and he's like oh is that good you know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right yeah all right now do that again you know do that again boom and he'll do it just like that it'll be, we're like, oh my god, man! Just okay, moving on, you know. Damn, and, dude. Uh, and him and Josh write well together. Again, like that's that uh, the credit for Josh is 
you know, the ability to write with people. But him and Ronnie write well together. Um, Ronnie's a ridiculous guitarist in his own right, you know. We had uh, thrown the idea out there of trying to get out there and play and have Ronnie do some of the soloing and stuff, but it would have just been, you know, for us, it wouldn't have been um, the best show that we could give to the fans, you know? Right. When fans come to see Toxic, they want to come really see Josh uh, solo. They want to hear those songs, and, uh, you know, now they can get a load of Ronnie, you know? For sure. Uh, so you mentioned Ronnie also plays guitar. Um, yeah. Do you play any other instruments other than drums? No, I mess around on like the bass a little bit and guitar, but I'm I'm not really prolific on anything else. I have a hard enough time trying to keep up on drums, you know. Definitely. So you're you you could hammer away through something if you needed to, but playing like rhythm guitar for a band live would probably not be a thing. No, if I could do that, man, I'd be doing it right now. I'd be like, oh, man, I don't have anything going on with Toxic. Let's go play guitar for this band. Okay, um, point taken. Uh, in a minute. You know? So I guess what my uh, my question of this is, is do you believe that singers, if they play guitar, ultimately are a better singer? Um, well, I don't know. I think that, you know, you could have a singer and a guitar player, right? I think the singer's ear, if a singer can play an instrument, and they, they understand notes and they can hear them in their head, then they could sing, right? And you could sing well. You don't have to have a great voice, but you can always sing in tune. Right. But Ronnie used to sing and play guitar in his other band. He was the lead singer and guitar player. He played leads as well, Xenophile. And it was great. But, you know, to grow into just being the singer and the front man is a different animal than having a guitar around your neck and singing. There's just a little bit of a security blanket when uh you know ronnie with a guitar is great it's great to watch him play it's great to hear him play ronnie unleashed with without a guitar it's a different animal i 100 percent agree with that statement and i think the interesting the interesting thing about that is yeah ronnie with the guitar is a completely different animal than ronnie is the front man i totally get that because i think it works opposite for certain musicians. For example, I will use Lemmy. Lemmy with yeah. the bass is in your fucking face, real goddamn deal. You don't fuck with this dude. But Lemmy singing like that's always been his shit from the get go. When he, you know, when he left his first band, right? You know, there was a lot of hype there, and that and that was it. He was just going to step up. He played bass, and it was obnoxious. And you know, some guys are larger than life figures. You know. Exactly, but the the to the inverse of that, what I was going to say is when Lemmy is just doing like a vocal track for something where he's not playing anything, yeah, he's that total fucking like just stand there and hold the mic guy. Yeah. So yeah, I interesting how that affects other people. Yeah, it's it, it's uh, you know. Look at Iron Maiden when Bruce Dickinson has to play like the rhythm guitar part in Revelations, right? He's 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 great. He sings great, but it's just like it's not the same. Then when you take the guitar away from the guy and he goes and does what he does, you know, different animal. Same thing with like Neil from Clutch. He comes out and plays guitar every now and again, man. But when he's unleashed, he's crushing. Right. And Rob Halford even. Alfred, I've never seen play guitar. Yeah, Halford uh, is a is a guitar player, and there's er, I, there's early stuff of him with Priest where he's played guitar, 
Yeah, that's sick. Yeah. And it's it's just wild to to think, but yeah, he's actually a very uh very accomplished musician in his own right. So hell yeah. And and that's like another thing. So through the years of, you know, you know, you've still got other bands and stuff that you're playing with. How real does it get when you when you've got to sit down and say, Okay, oh wait, it's this one? Well, um you know, I try to to stay as current on as much stuff as I can because, you know, that's like half of playing. So, like, sometimes I like to just do my homework. You know, if I'm doing, like, um, you know, for this gig that I was supposed to do with Toxic and Gunfire and Sodomy, you know, Gunfire and Sodomy is a way different animal. So it's I use it as more of a warm-up. And then I would play the Toxic set, which is about 75 minutes of, you know, insanity. <laughs> but... Um, that would be my my daily practice, or you know, five times a week practice, just to keep that going for the gig. Right. Toxic stuff. I just have to kind of um, just stay current on it. I know it. I just you know, if I if I know we're going out, I just have to get myself up to speed. You know what I mean? For sure. And did you know? Did, did you know Dismorta? Like, it's really like slang that we came up with, but it it, it it's really um, it translates. I tell Josh when he was writing all this shit. And sending it to me, I said, "This morta is Latin for death by double bass." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love yeah, it. That almost killed me, man. With with uh, with Judas, he almost killed me, man. That was a tough one. So I do have to ask, and because it's it's to this deal uh, where everybody there's a hard division line uh, on this thing. And it's either you are in favor of it or it's like, nah, man, fuck that. I'll never do that. Uh, do you play to a metronome live or do you use a click or um, are there any tracks or anything, you know? Live, no, man. Toxic is kind of um, off the cuff, kind of, you know, it's kind of like a uh, like almost like a punk rock band disguised as, a, you know, like a tech metal band disguised as a as a punk rock band. Okay. You know, it's a lot of high energy stuff. I mean, you can see some of the stuff from Europe, man. It's high energy. It's really there. There's no metronome, man. It's, uh, I, I could send so you there, a there's breathing a heart issue. attack, dude. It's, it's, it's straight up fire, you know, but what, what even, I'm even as well, there was not, there was nothing, you know, nothing was ever to a click. Listen, if some, if some band wanted you to wanted me to play to a click because everybody was in their ears and with, there was pyro going off with it. Of course you do what the gig asks you, you know, definitely. And I think, you know, that's in, in more independent music. I think that's a real hard division. Uh, it, it's almost like, you know, I think I think you do what works best for you and what the gig is, you know. If the gig yeah, it's, if you have to play with a metronome, man, if you already have command of the material, then playing to a metronome shouldn't really bother you because you have the you have command of the material. So yeah. it, if it's a little slower than what you're playing, then it's even easier because you already know what's gonna happen and now you can make sure everything's super clean, super precise, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I mean, and playing in ears really does make a difference. Yeah. I just got them for this year, man. I haven't been able to put them to use yet. Oh, wow. So you've ne Oh, okay. So we, my band did ours uh, two years ago. Uh, it's been, well, it's been just over a year. Uh, March of 22 is when yeah. we made the switch. 
and holy fuck. <laughs> it, yeah, man. It's the, um, like we rehearse in headphones. You know, we have like headphones. Oh yeah. You know, I have like the Vic Firth the noise canceling, and we rehearse with that. We put a room mic in the middle. Now the drums are a little mic, the amps are a little mic, and then Ronnie just sings through a mixer, and that's how we do rehearsal. No amps, nothing really loud. Right, and and live, you know, it's it's a whole other animal because if you don't have a, a crowd mic, like a room mic or something, you know, you don't hear any of that. Yeah, but you could see if that crowd's into you or not, man. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's very true. That. The matter of fact, man, is it, just the first five rows, man. If the first five rows are into it, then pretty much everybody's going to be into it. Yep. If you see a little rumbling in the pit, you're doing okay. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, it's it, they're fun. I I like it. And then it's just like, wow, holy shit. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. yeah. Nothing totally better than playing to playing to people that you don't know. You know. Oh yeah. If you play in your hometown, it's awesome. Your friends will all come and they'll all clap for you. But if you play away from your hometown now, now you're going to find out if you can go over or not, or if you're any good or, you know, yeah. Oh, play, definitely. Playing live to me is like, is, is, is it, I don't really care about making records so much. You know, I have to tell you the, you know, the toxic records really proud moment, uh, right up there with, uh, the generation kill record. That was a magical record. Five lifelong friends making that record. And uh, having Zeus produce it was even better. Yeah, I mean those two, those two records over the last ten years are just you know bookends for me. So with the tour being canceled, that was going to happen over July. Um, now that you know, by the time this airs, will probably be early August. Uh, what do you all have planned uh, with picking up and like rescheduling? Well, we really have to wait for Josh's hand to heal. So until we know that he could play and he's going to be strong enough, you know, we're kind of reluctant to even book anything because, you know, we've canceled two things already and people are understanding, but um, at the end of the day, it's, it's unfair to the band. It's unfair to the promoters involved, our booking agent to the fans, you know, to always say, yes, we're coming. No, we're not. Yes, we're coming. No, you know, so Josh will heal when Josh heals, we'll get out there. You know, in the meantime, there's six or seven songs written for the next album. You know, I'm sure maybe that'll be part of Josh's healing process. We'll we'll record. He'll be able to play guitar in spurts. You know, he's just got to kind of figure it out because he doesn't want to go out there. And, uh, you know, he's a gunslinger like, you know, like Skolnick and all those guys. He's in that class. Yeah. So he doesn't want to go out there and not be at his best and, uh, you know. Any musician who plays at the, you know, at certain levels, you know, would say that, uh, you know, at any level would say that. Absolutely. And hopefully to a safe recovery, not, I, I say a safe recovery rather than a speedy recovery because I think speedy recoveries is when people overdo it <laughs> and then they end up. Yeah, hurting man, long. We're talking about the guy's hands. So. Yeah. And then they're hurt longer and then it's like, yeah. fuck. Uh, so yeah, a full recovery, safe recovery. Listen, I, I love toxic, but uh, you know, if Josh goes out and does a top one toxic tour and then he can't play guitar for the rest of his life, you know, it's not really a, a good plan. You know? Exactly. And that, that, that's the way that it is. You know, um, you know, it's hard to it's hard to tour in this in this uh, in this environment. You know, you have the haves and the have nots. 
and you have nostalgic bands that are kind of in between. You have the name, but you don't really have, you know, um, a lot of clout on the scene yet. You know what I mean? So, but it's good. You make friends, man, and, and, and you try to do little tours together. I see Flotsam is going out with Generation Kill, which is awesome for a little East Coast run. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, that that's a great tour. Absolutely, and it is awesome to see that. And now I think that's one of the coolest one of the coolest things that I think happened over the whole COVID shit was the fact that I think most musicians realized that they could be in more than one band because they were writing and recording with people over the internet. And now that we're able to tour and, and do shit, they're like, Hey, are you good for like this? Cause we want to go tour. And yeah, now there's a market for it. You know, from the from the stuff that was put out a couple of years ago, now there's the market for it. So it, it's really fucking cool. And then you get the, some of these bands that you didn't think because it was during COVID that you didn't think that you would actually ever get to see live. Right. Because they were originally just a recording project. Right. And that's rad as fuck. Yeah, a lot of new bands came out of COVID. A lot of good ideas came out of COVID, man, because now you can always do uh, collaborations with anybody and have a, you know, a, a slay at home thing. Oh, for sure. Go on with anybody at any time. That's that's something that will never go away. That was a great marketing tool, a great cross-marketing tool. Well, that great way too. to play with other players, elevate your name, elevate your band's name, elevate each band's name, you know? Yes, absolutely. And that's the whole thing that I think, you know, we are all, anybody who is on a, an independent label, we're all still independent musicians, no matter what level we're at. Whether, you know, you're on like a Massacre or Century Media or any of that, you know, yeah. as long as it's not like a Sony or something, you know, that that we're still all just working the game and we all still have day jobs and what the fuck ever else. Yeah, man. The labels basically just help you put out product. It's, they give you an initial push, but you know, you both mostly, you know, have to do your own marketing. I mean, think about it. Think about it now, man, at least there's the internet and social media. You from your couch, man, you can reach thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. But back in the day you were hitting the fucking pavement. Dude, dude, you you needed a friend who had a copy machine. Yeah. So you could print your fucking flyers. And then, you know, think about how much harder it was. You had to get a mailing list. You had to fucking mail shit to people. Get stamps, print out labels, you know. Contact zines. Contact yeah. fucking yeah. your, send, your send fucking your cousins tapes, that lived tapes. in fucking Pittsburgh. Yeah, duping all your tapes, but, you know, making your demo and then making a copy of it. And then making a copy of it, giving it to everybody, man. And, you know, and like I just said, you know, there is that one cousin that everybody had that lived in another city that they tolerated so you could fucking get, say, hey, I'm going to go stay with cousin Jimmy and fucking it's like, oh, that's so cool. And then you're like Jimmy's bad influence. (laughs) No, we we brought the influence to him. We wanted to play in another city. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Hot in Hellfire, no sleep till death. 
starting Thursday, August 24th, 2023, Reverb Lounge in Omaha, with select dates in Chicago, Detroit, Newport, Indianapolis, Brooklyn, Wallingford, Philadelphia, Washington, Atlanta, Pensacola, Lafayette, and more. Check listings on Facebook and the Haunt the Nation fan club. No sleep till death. In a time of madness and deceit, its coming was foretold. And now, Soul Grinder has returned to become Building Crusher. From the band who brought you the prophecy of blight comes a terrifying new chapter that will leave you changed forever. This summer, dawn the armor of atrophy. Let plasma crush away and become now bound to back. Let's go ahead and switch over to the derailed segment. I'm going to make some fucking goofy sound effect for this show that none of the guests will get to hear until they listen to it. So here it is. Uh, I don't know. I'm just making this up as I go along. This is five random questions uh, based over anything. Today's first question is, how often do you order takeout? Uh, I don't know, like twice a month. Interesting. So you're 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 doing the home, you hook, cook at home and, and, and forage from home kind of thing. Yeah, man, because this way I know what I'm eating and I can control it. Uh, Awesome. So, do you like grow grow your own vegetables and stuff like that too? No, I'll go to a farmer's market though. Right on. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. That see, that's <laughs> rad as fuck. You know, because I mean, being a musician, you know, being out on the road, you know, there is always the thing of like, you know, eating a lot of fucking trash. It's garbage on the on the on tour. It's garbage, man. So where you can get a good meal, you eat a good meal. Yeah. Because most of the shit you get you're getting is garbage in Europe. You're getting you know, potato chips and, and uh, you know, varied chips and you're getting fucking cold cuts, pasta and chocolate. That's about it. Wow. Yeah. You know, that's going to be an upcoming episode. Load up, you know? We might need to, I might need to tap you for that in the future. That might be an upcoming episode where we're going to talk about, you know, American food on tour and European food on tour. Listen, at the end of the day, every every country in Europe, the American embassy is there. The golden arches. Right. <laughs> worst comes to worst, you go you go to you go to McDonald's. But for the most part, the, the cool part about being out there is really, you know, okay, I'm in this country. What kind of food do they have? Let me try it. You know. So, and people are proud to show you their stuff if you go to these little family-owned restaurants. You know, they invite you in. You know, we went to a place in Germany with uh, Heathen last summer and. The owners were Croatian, and I end up talking to the guy about his little dog, and next thing you know, he's given us uh, Croatian fucking moonshine, essentially, and then his wife comes over, then he brings out this special Croatian beer, and we're hanging out there for another hour. The whole place was like a horse stable. It was, it was the coolest thing ever, so, you know. Definitely. 
All right. I always like to uh, frequent this deck <laughs> so the uh, the normal listeners will get it. Um, if you could be a wrestler, what would your catchphrase be? Oh, God. <laughs> if I could be a wrestler. Yeah, what would you if you could be a wrestler, what would you say that would that would be your oh, it's fun- hard to come up with an original catchphrase, right? Yeah. You know, did Andre the Giant have a catchphrase? No. He didn't. He had the height though. He had his gimmick. But like well, what you well, gonna then, do, well, brother? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this, like Andre the Giant, I'm not gonna have a catchphrase because I identify as Andre the Giant. Aha. I, there you go. There you go. That yes, that would that would be an intro Touche, good man. You have cheated the system and won. Motherfucker. <laughs> that would be, that would ultimately be mine would be fucking like Joe Pesci in any fucking like mob film. You motherfucker you Yeah, yeah. Maybe you have to be that little kid from Instagram. What's up, motherfucker? <laughs> right. No, no, he says, Well hello, motherfucker. There it is. <laughs> there it is right there, yes. If you had to live in another century, which one would it be and why? Wow, okay. Yeah, knowing about history too, right? Mm-hmm. Oh no, man. When did they start having penicillin? <laughs> oh my god. I don't know, man. Maybe maybe I'd like to uh I'd like to live either in in, in like ancient China BC times, you know. Or, or like Viking times around eight, late eight hundreds to nine hundreds. Okay. That's well. You look. Um, you always look at at it from a from hindsight. You know what I mean. So you're like, oh, let me pick this. That's a cool time. You know. Right. So not quite the not quite the invasion of um, of England then. So a few a few yeah, uh, centuries when they were first before starting that. to get over there, you know, late 800s. Yeah. You know, at, around that time, you know, maybe a little bit later, yeah, you know, maybe 30, 40 years later when people are starting to get around straight to Gibraltar into there, you know, like around that time. Like That would be that would be time. awesome, you know. I think we yeah, we do look at it. I mean, based as like it, it's almost like a movie that plays in your head kind of thing. Everybody has their own image of the way they see things. And, like, you know, that would be a really interesting time to just see, you know. There wasn't a lot of leisure time back there, man. You had to build your own house. You had to fucking supply your own house. You had to heat your own house. You had to hunt your own food. You had to grow your own food. You had to harvest your own food. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was no television, thankfully. Yes, you know. absolutely, and and none Basically. of this, and yeah. I think what the thing that gets me though with it is into and you do that, and then as you're you meet as people, and and then you start living around each other, and then you're just like, okay, we're all gonna pick up and move, you know, however many miles this way as as a people. Yeah, some of those people they had to follow the herd. Fuck. Yeah. They're wanderers the whole time, every day. Every, you know, they're on tour the whole time. 
their whole life is on tour you know yeah (laughs) they're not following the dead they're following the herd yeah absolutely and and i think ultimately if i were still my person of the way i am now if i was that way then i would probably be that fucking person going from town to town to town to fucking fucking just adventuring the fuck out of life <laughs> yeah the storyteller right Become yeah storyteller absolutely yeah that's a very good way of putting it i would be the bard in the uh in the uh D game <laughs> exactly what would be the first thing that you would do if you found out that you were completely impervious to physical harm? Would be the first thing I would do. I probably wouldn't tell anybody. Uh, oh no, man! You have to. You could either be. It's the Spider-Man question. You know what I mean? Either you, either you take it responsibly, use it to help others, because you can't really help yourself unless you're going to be greedy. You right. Know, you could do anything you want. Nobody could shoot you. Nobody can blow you up. Nobody could do anything. It's like being Superman, you know. Yeah. Maybe you can't beat. Maybe you can't beat everybody up, but they can't do anything to you. They could punch you in the face. They can hit you with a pipe over the head. Nothing can happen. You know. Right. <laughs> trying to work this all out in my mind. That would be the first thing I could do. I don't know. That's a tough thing to say. You know. I'd have to make that. I guess the first thing I would do is make a decision, either be the, a sideshow or serious person. You know, that would be very. That's a very interesting thing now, because when you seriously think about the human body, it is extremely fragile. Yeah, man. When you really think about it. So, like, take, for example, when you have a car wreck at 30 miles an hour and what it does to your cars. Now, if you were to take the cars completely away and just imagine the two bodies hitting at the force of 30 miles an hour, they would liquefy. You're dead. Yeah, you're dead. You would liquefy. So you hit a tree at 30 miles an hour skiing. You're dead, Sonny Bono. You know what I mean? You're dead. Yeah. So it's like, what the fuck? You know? So do you just not feel the pain and and you're fucking just like being completely fucking just like mauled to death? And I'm going to say don't... that you're not going to feel the pain because the impact the impact is going to be instant and you're going to be out in a fucking instant, like is traveling. If somebody else is traveling 30 miles an hour towards you at the same time and you both collide, you know, what's the what's the force multiplier on that, you know, when they're going head to head at 30? Oh, what it's is, like does nine, it equal 60 miles an hour. Yeah. You know? It'd be like hitting a still a still object at 60. You're yeah. Both going to splatter into bits. Maybe some of your limbs will come off. Yeah. You'll but what I'm saying matter. Yeah. So imagine that, but not being, but if you're impervious to physical harm, then like it's still it i mean how i mean the human body's fragile as it is i mean so would you just not feel the fucking the the hit because you just you're impervious to the harm i'm thinking like it's it's like wolverine you know what i mean you, know, you have regenerative pop, property well if you're impervious to harm then you're more like luke cage right mm. so your skin's bulletproof nothing can penetrate your skin well certain things could but right. for the most part I don't know you have to fit you have again the biggest first choice the first thing you have to do is make the choice whether you're going to be a, a clown or a serious person i would probably it's, be today's Joker. today's society think about it man everybody's <laughs> instagram youtube me too everything is just you know everybody wants look at me all that stuff you know sure absolutely you'd have to choose you know you'd have to choose wisely on there 
Is there a haunted location that you would never visit? I wouldn't say haunted, like emotionally haunted. There's places I wouldn't go to because they just bring up bad memories. I mean, I guess that's as far as I would go as haunted. You know, we can go to places and it would feel fucking creepy. I couldn't name that, but, you know, there's definitely places I don't want to go now or go near because it's just, I don't need to be reminded of the things that were there, you know? I agree. I, yes. Uh, send me to any, like, san- haunted sanitarium, fucking haunted hotel. I don't give a fuck. But, um, golden fucking corral I will not go to because yeah. because of memories. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. You know. Yeah, just recently I'm, I've been driving down the street, man. It was like where my, my guitar player years ago was, uh, you know, two of my guitar players were in a car accident together and the driver died. So, like, I've been passing that, you know, basically the tree where he where he hit mm. the past couple of weeks. I'm like, ah. But, you know, on the positive side, it reminds me of my friend and... Uh, you know, that's uh, that's good enough for me. So maybe think of some, think of him, listen to some Rip House songs, and uh, you know, have a toast. Fuck yeah, man! Fuck yeah! Yeah. All right, I have one more question, but before we get to it, as always, links are listed below, so please give a like, a share, and a follow. Please go buy uh, merch. Go when the time comes. And then time will come that these guys will go on tour. Go see them because it's going to be fucking epic and we all know it's going to be. Uh, do you have any shout outs you would like to give to anybody today, sir? Um, for me, I would really want to shout out uh, my friend Pete O'Brien. Um, he's been working on a film that we had done uh, basically, wow, 15 years ago already in 2007 about Rip House. Uh, my first band. Uh, we did a, a movie back then, Coulda Bins and Wannabes, Rip House 151, Coulda Bins and Wannabes. It's basically like a, uh, you know, um, behind the music without the money, you know, but it's a lot of the same stuff. Uh, I need tragedy. to see this. And uh, for me, it uh, at least the first rendition of it was not a feel-good movie. And uh, I just wrapped up some interviews with Pete the other day, and that'll be released over the next couple uh, next couple of months. Wow, I totally need to fucking see that. I'll send you a link to the uh I'll send you a link to the trailer my, for my friend. Please do. That yeah. is fucking rad. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, definitely give shout outs to him. All right. Final question of the day. Because of being a touring band and being out on the road, where is the best place to drop a deuce? on the road <laughs> oh man there's some doozies the Europe is different though man like pretty much the public bathrooms in Europe are pretty good they're never really dank or nasty like the toilet seats wash they wash themselves you know um fucking cush life man yeah well I wouldn't say cush life you go to Italy and you're shitting in basically a golf hole you know, mm-hmm. same thing with Portugal. You know, they had a shower combined where you took a shit in the drain and then the shower was there. So that was interesting. Uh, um, <laughs> whatever, man. You got to do what you got to do. Just have good aim. 
It's like pretend you're playing Operation. You know, you're trying to drop one. You'd be like, <laughs> your side. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Hey, listen, you got to do what you got to do. Wow. If you're on a bus, listen, if you're on a bus, you could be any of these guys on buses. They can't shit on the bus. You know, the bus will have to stop at a truck stop and they use the public bathroom. Yeah. And some so, truck stops do have good bathrooms. Yeah, most truck stops are pretty good, man. People underestimate uh, how good, actually, a truck stop shower is. Uh, well, a, a good line of truck stop. Not like fucking Burt's fucking, like, 12 diesel pumps in fucking Oklahoma. I only know a couple, man. I only know, like, the Pilot or, like, the Flying J. Yeah, exactly. The chain ones are, are usually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, man, I learned about it the, the, um truck stop shower when I was taken for Exodus and I was like wow man I've just been cultured <laughs> that's great <laughs> yeah. so awesome whatever, man, dude this is a lot of fun you know I've had the opportunity to hang around and get some pretty fucking cool gigs man um, Demo Hammer was a one off thing because Angel's uh, wife was having a baby and Toxic was playing that festival so they asked me to play uh, again, it took July to learn like eight songs and then rehearsed with them five or six times and then we played. It was great. Those guys are great, man. The next year I had a, in, April, in May of 2018, I had a cardiac arrest and uh, thankfully I'm fucking living. And uh, those guys at Hellfest the following month, man, dedicated that to me. So it was really moving. Those guys are um, a special group of guys, the Demo Hammer guys. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, dude, James, thank you so much for coming on the show this week. This has been fucking rad as shit. Thank on, you, man. On our way out today from Dismorta, what about what do you want me to play? I'm gonna say "Creating the Abyss," my favorite track. Awesome, cool, so, cool interplay in the middle with Josh. He does this Japanese thing, and then there's some ear candy, you know, polyphonic thing behind it. See, Josh is just mind blowing. Fuck yeah, man. Awesome. Here it comes. This is Creating the Abyss.
2017, one man's vision and passion for all things metal started out as a record store in his house. Years later, the fight against a mainstream empire continues as Shade Beast. An independent metal collective and online store based in Athens, Georgia, is the world's premier heavy metal brand for music heads that value authenticity over the mainstream acceptance. Featuring original t-shirts from some of the best underground artists, as well as stickers, posters from the Shade Beast Presents concert series. Unique, one-of-a-kind collectibles and small curated selection of vinyl and cassettes from the masters old and new. Visit ShadeBeast.com and enter promo code SITHLORD for free domestic shipping on your first order, whether you're a new customer or returning. And be sure to join the Shade Beast social groups on Facebook and the interwebs to keep up with the new release announcements and talk all things metal and Star Wars. You'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and filth. Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop the deep dive trivia, 
the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day, all with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground, from the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine, an independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats, they're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. Hey everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.com bigcartel.com What's up Metal Forge fans? This is Alan Bishop, the alchemist of Indiana's Black Forest and head distiller at Spirits of French Lick. Do you find yourself drawn to the unexplained, fascinated by the Fortean, or enchanted by the paranormal? If the things that go bump in the night resonate in your mind, then tune into my brand new podcast, If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Featuring first-hand accounts, collected stories, interviews, history, and speculation related to all things not of this world. Available now on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and more. Set back, relax, and remember, if you have ghosts, you have everything. Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE10 to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Hey 
Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio, something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. Business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana is the premier 12,500 square foot music superstore that has served both Southern Indiana and Louisville, Kentucky metro area for over four decades. Originally founded by Marvin and Beverly Maxwell in the 70s, this gym remains a Maxwell family-owned business. Mark Maxwell, along with his business partner, Whitney McNichol, continued the reputation as being the national resource for all things music. In 2022, the iconic Guitar Emporium of Louisville relocated to Maxwell's Music, creating the largest independently owned showroom in the region. The retail offerings at Maxwell's Music includes a huge selection of guitars, basses, amplifiers, effects pedals, modeling amps, keyboards, drums, banjos, mandolins, ukuleles, sound systems, stage lighting equipment, and accessories. The music education program at Maxwell's is second to none. From private instrument and voice lessons to DJ, EDM, recording, songwriting, and music theory, to rock school, weekend warriors, and Maxwell's Music Lab, there is something for every age and every ability level. Down in repair land, guitar and instrument repairs and refurbishment are taken care of by the Maxwell's team of expert guitar technicians and luthiers. They also do appraisals of instruments as well. Maxwell's offers installations for professional audio, visual, and lighting systems for schools, churches, clubs, VFWs, funeral homes, sports fields, and so much more. There's also rentable space at Maxwell's, from the music practice and rehearsal rooms for the individuals and bands, all the way to a meeting space and concert venue that seats up to 120. That also includes a professional audio, visual, and lighting system and a sound booth. Maxwell's has it all. All this plus original functioning 1947 recording booth to make your own record. Go to the Guitar Hero Throne, to the very own Elvis statue, and don't forget the Harmony Green Pocket Park. There's a reason the Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana has been recognized by the National Association of Music Merchants as a number one award-winning best store design, as well as top 100 music store year after year. You gotta see it to believe it. Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana. (laughs) 